the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He's standing before Pilate. He's humble. He's gentle. He's meek. And yet the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. Was that strength or weakness in not retaliating? It was strength. It was power under control. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. Good morning. I want you to take your Bibles and also get your sermon notes. If you had but one wish for something that would make you happy, what would you wish for? There are people everywhere who are searching for happiness. Even the people you think are happy. The people you think have it all together. Deep down, there's still a longing that they have for happiness and purpose. And people will try any and everything trying to fill that void. They'll try alcohol. They'll try drugs. They'll try sex. They'll try making more money. They'll try overindulgent shopping and spending and chocolate (laughs) and Starbucks, coffee and pornography. At the end of the day, none of those things can bring happiness or joy or peace. Now, Jesus knows, he knows what can bring peace. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. We're teaching through the Beatitudes. And the two verses before Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount, there's one word that most people skip over. I don't want to skip over it today. And it's the word crowd. It says that there were large crowds that were following Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why? Why on this day... Were there large crowds following Jesus? What were they looking for? They were looking for something. They were looking for something that would fulfill them. They were looking for something they could hold on to, something that would make them feel better. And Jesus comes and he begins to teach and he literally turns their thinking upside down. He gives them eight things called the Beatitudes that would bring them true joy and true blessing and true peace. All eight, all of the eight are completely opposite from what the world teaches and what the world believes. You see, all these beatitudes are built one upon the other. So blessed are the poor in spirit when you realize that 
that you are nothing without God. And then you start to realize your own sinfulness and you begin to mourn and you begin to weep over your sin, over the sins of the world. And then God will bring you comfort. He will bring you grace. He will bring you joy. He will bring you uh, forgiveness and an opportunity to start over again. And then today we come to the third beatitude, not a commandment, not a suggestion, but a record of note. I want you to write this down, Roman numeral number one, a memorandum to be meek. Matthew 5, verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What does that mean? Well, that's Roman numeral number two, the meaning of meekness. I've got about six things that help us define meekness. The first two that I just want you to write it down, being meek, it's not weakness, and it's not lack of courage. It is part gentleness. It's part humility. You could write this, it is part patience. To be gentle has to do with how you treat other people. It's how you deal with people. You read people quickly and you walk into a situation at work or home or at school and you immediately realize that if there's a tumultuous situation, a difficult situation, you're the guy that can walk in there and immediately calm everybody down. Gentleness is that you have a sensitivity to other, the people around you in your marriage, with your wife, your husband, your children, uh, church, a life group. You walk in, immediately you size everybody up, and you realize who's uptight and who's not, and you're able to diffuse the whole situation. You're just a, the way you handle people and deal with people. Gentleness has to do with how you treat other people. Humility is something on the inside. Humility, again, going back, you realize who you are before God, and you're humble on the inside. You have an honest assessment of who you are before God. That leads a man to be meek. These beatitudes, they, they build one upon the other. The first one is that you see yourself before God as you truly are. And you, you humble yourself because you realize who God is and you become poor in spirit. And, and then you begin to mourn over your own shortcomings, your own sin. And then God gives you grace. He gives you comfort. He gives you blessing into your life. And then, then as you begin to deal with other people, you become meek. Why? Because you realize how much God has forgiven you. You realize how many sins God has forgiven in your life. And you see, you live in this state of, of being poor in spirit and mourning over your own sin and realizing that God has brought you comfort. And when you see other people and when they sin, and not just sin, when they sin against you, you can't help but treat them with love and kindness because you realize how much God has forgiven you. See, that's a meek person. And then letter D, write this down. This is the best definition. If you study the word, it means to have power under control. Oh, you might be the strongest person in here, but you're able to control. That's what it means to be meek. You know, does it take more strength to curse someone out when they, you know, someone does something wrong and you're the, you're the type of person, you just start cursing at that guy or cursing that person out. You call them a blankety blank, 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 or to not curse, which takes more strength to not curse. I'll tell you this right now. If you're the type, when something goes wrong, you start dropping uh, the, 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 the curse words. I'll tell you right now, you are not a meek person. To look at a beautiful woman and to lust, to lust, does it take more strength to lust after a beautiful woman or to look the other way? What takes more strength? To look the other way. If you're the man who looks, you're not a meek man. To gossip and to defame someone and to criticize and to find fault 
and to gossip about, just to take more strength to lay into someone or, or to criticize someone or to, to zip it up and just hold your tongue. What takes more strength? To zip it up. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. It is power under control. Letter E, write this down. It is graciously choosing to put other people first. I've told you, I've talked to you about, you know, you're getting on the freeway and there's two lanes that go into one. Are you the guy that lets the other person go? Or are you the person who floors it? If you're the guy that floors it and cuts ahead, you're not a meek person. There are two seats. One's a good seat and one's a bad seat. Which one do you choose? I wrote a book called God Has an App for That, and I dedicated the book to Coach John Wooden, who was a great basketball coach for UCLA, who was the wisest, he was the wisest man that I've ever met on earth. He was also the meekest man I have ever met on the earth. So I dedicated the book to him. And on the inside, I quoted a quote from Coach, and Coach said these words. He said, you cannot live a perfect day. How many of you want to live a, not a good day, but a perfect day? Coach said, you cannot live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never, ever be able to repay you. The Bible illustration, of course, is Abraham. Abraham and Lot there in Genesis 13. Uh, Their flocks and families had got to be so many, they couldn't live in one place. And so Abraham, who had he had authority. He could have gone any direction he wanted. He goes up to his nephew Lot and says, Lot, I'll let you choose. If you want to go to the left with your family and herds, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. Now, what you don't know, unless you've been over there, uh, you look where they were standing, you looked. One was the rich, uh, lush plains of the Jordan, and one was just a desert. And yet Abraham says to Lot, Lot, you choose. You, you go whatever you, I'll go the opposite direction. And what did Lot choose? Lot choose the rich, lush plains of the Jordan. And Abraham went to the desert. Of course, who did God end up blessing? God blessed Abraham. But why did God bless him? He, another reason there was because of his meekness, his willing to let others go before him. Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. What leads us to letter F, it is yielding your agenda to God's agenda. You see, it's our inclination to put ourselves first, to follow our own agenda. We want to be numero uno. We want to exercise our rights. We want to make our demands. We want to strut our stuff. Our natural inclination is to put our bucket list. We all have a bucket list. Our natural inclination is to put our bucket list ahead of God's bucket list. But Jesus said in Luke 22, not my will, but thine will be done, which leads us to Roman numeral number three in your notes, the two greatest men who were ever called meek. One was Moses. We've already looked at his life, but the other was Jesus. Jesus is the greatest illustration of meekness. You go look at those six things that that help us define meekness underneath point number two, Jesus meets all six of those standards. He's standing before Pilate. He's humble, he's gentle, he's meek. People are slapping him in the face. They're spitting on his face. They're plucking out his beard. They've stripped him of his clothes. They have beaten his back. They've placed a crown of thorns upon his head, nails through his hands and feet. They are verbally abusing him. They are verbally assaulting his character. And yet the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not, what's the word? Retaliate. Was that strength or weakness? 
and not retaliating. It was strength. It was power under control. Because the Bible says that Jesus could have called 80,000 angels, but he did not call upon them. He did not retaliate. Instead, he put others first. He went to the cross, sacrificing himself for the sins of the world, yielding his own agenda for God's agenda. And do not forget 1 Peter 2.22 that says that he had committed no sin. There was no deceit had ever been found in his mouth. Jesus was sinless. In other words, all the abuse that he took, all of the beatings that he took, all of the criticism that he took, the abuse, he did not deserve any of it. He did not deserve any of it. I mean, if someone did that to us, maybe we deserve, he did not deserve it. And so as the spit flew, and as the fists were flying, and as the nails were being driven in, and the spear was being thrust into his side, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, because they know not what they do. You see, Jesus was the meekest man who ever lived. You don't have to always exercise your rights. You don't have to buy everything just because you can buy everything. You don't have to win every argument. Meekness is having your hands extended to God instead of having your hands grabbing all the things the world that you think you have to have. Meekness is is opening up your hands to just Receive whatever it is that God gives you instead of holding and clinging tightly to things that you feel like you cannot live without. Meekness is using your hands and your feet to serve in whatever area God calls you to serve and to give whatever God asks you to give rather than feathering your own nest and trying to one-up your neighbor. It is dying to self, putting others first, and putting God's agenda above your own agenda. Do you know every week there's someone who fills a zillion communion cups? Today when you take communion, someone had to fill that cup. And it's not just this service, it's, we have six services in here. We have family life overflow, we have five services over there every weekend, so there's 11 services, and then you have all the campuses, all of the other locations. I mean, who, who, who are those people? They do it week after week after week after week after week after week. You come and here comes a communion. Who fills those cups? The meek. That's who they are. Someone stuffed your bulletin today. Thousands, seven, eight thousand bulletins. You know, someone prints the bulletin. I guess you just put it in the machine. It just runs itself. But then afterwards, someone's, there's always something in that bulletin, the sermon outline. Someone's got to stuff every single bulletin every single week. Who are those people? the meek. You know, if there's a job that no one else wants, I'll do that job. If there's a classmate that no one wants to sit next to at lunch, I'll sit next to that classmate. If there's, if there's only two pieces of toast left and one's burnt, and one is perfectly toasted, I'll take the burnt one. I'll take the parking space that's furthest away to save the closer one for the visitor. Or you got to have the closest. 
There's a less convenient service. Yes, I'll go to that to make room for those who, uh, who need to come during that hour. And I want you to understand being a meek person, they do not do what they do out of guilt. They do not do what they do under compulsion. They do not do what they do out of a spirit of martyrdom. They do it because they have fully surrendered to Christ. It's a choice that they've made to put power under control. They're choosing to put other people first, and they're yielding their agenda to God's agenda. Which leads me to the last point. Write this down quickly. The merits of the meek. What are the merits of the meek? Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will what? I'm going to tell you, right? right, I'm going to tell you some some stuff right now. I read more commentaries this week than I've ever read in my life on what does it mean to inherit the earth, and nobody knows what that means. One of my my old Bible college professors is here today. I'm sure he's got a few stories to tell. But Bible college professors don't know what this means. Remember a couple weeks ago I was talking about treasures in heaven and how no one really knows what that means, and we were trying to define what those are, and we, we gave you some suggestions. Well... When I read these commentaries, everyone said something different. I mean, great theologians. They had these different, and they were opposite. And I just drew the conclusion, no one really knows. But here's the deal. If you would go back today and put yourself in the crowd back in Jesus' day, that large crowd that was following Jesus, I think you'd understand a little bit better. As we close, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people had been living in great turmoil and under oppression. The land of Israel, as we know as Palestine, had repeatedly, the people that lived there had repeatedly been enslaved. They had been conquered by just about everybody. They had been conquered by Egypt. They had been conquered by Assyria. They had been conquered by the Medes and the Persians. They had been conquered by the Babylonians. They had been conquered by the Greeks. And now they're living under the the rule of Rome. And every Jew had hoped and prayed and longed for a deliverer. You see, they had the Old Testament scriptures and they had been promised over and over and over again that one day a Messiah would appear. And they knew that when the deliverer would arrive, whoever he was, that he would come with great fanfare, that he would come with a mighty show of supernatural power. They assumed that he would miraculously lead with power and might and strength and yes, even perhaps with a military prowess to rid them of the yoke of the Roman slavery, to establish a Jewish state, a revived theocracy, a holy commonwealth. That's what they longed for. And they believed, I want you to write this down, that when the Messiah would arrive, that then they would rule the world. They believed that. And then Jesus shows up. And boy, are they excited. Because they've heard about some of the miracles and they're thinking to themselves, this could be the guy. This could be him. And so they're excited. And they're listening. And the first words out of Jesus' mouth, you want to rule the world? You want to rule the earth? You've got to become humble poor in spirit. Humble yourselves. Mourn over your own sin. And begin to treat other people with gentleness and patience. And then the earth will be yours. And I believe it was at this point 
early on that people started to turn on Jesus. And they started to think, this doesn't quite make sense to what we think a Messiah is going to look like because great causes are fought for by the proud, not the humble. You cannot have victory when you're mourning over your own sin. You certainly cannot conquer Rome with meekness. I have to tell you this, that when I go through this, I really, I believe this, that Jesus is talking to me. Because I'm just like the people living in that day. I'm looking at our Rome, our world, and I get so frustrated, I get upset at everything. I get ups- I'm upset with the government. I'm upset that 600 people can't balance a budget, that we're $17 trillion in debt and another $200 trillion on top of that that they don't tell you about. I get upset when I think about the pornography that's produced right here in the San Fernando Valley. All the pornography in the world is produced right here in our own neighborhood, and everybody looks the other direction. I get upset when I think about people who are aborting children, and the only reason is for convenience. That's the real reason, is for convenience. Yes, there are a few exceptions, but most times we're only aborting the child because we don't want to have the responsibility of the child. And I get upset with that. I get upset when I see the immorality in our country. I get upset when I see all the the things that are happening in the inner cities where young people are being gunned down for no reason whatsoever and our school system seems to be in disarray. I get upset and I'm just telling, I'm being honest. Here's what I start thinking. I start thinking, God, Jesus, if you would just come back, you would fix all of this. And that's exactly what they were thinking. You see, Messiah, if, 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 if this guy's the Messiah, he's going to fix everything. And he was the Messiah. And I hear Jesus saying, Dudley, Dudley, Dudley. Settle down. You can't live your life like that. You're not going to make a difference in those seven mountains by going in there and arguing with all those people and riling everything up. Although that's what I want to do. And Jesus said, Dudley, 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 Dudley. Blessed are the, the meek, the gentle, the gentle, the kind, the compassionate patient for they will inherit the earth it's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day we exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts if pastor dudley's message has been a blessing to you we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. 
That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.